1: It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz tote financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank Information. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferentz Tote.
2: Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Today I'm going to wade into some very testy waters. As most of you are aware, recently there has been a leak with the Supreme Court regarding Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade. Now, as of, at least at this point in time, no final decision has made, been made. This is a draft decision, but this has gotten a lot of people up in arms about the potential of Roe v. Wade being overturned. First thing I'm going to say is this. Why would I want to discuss this, uh, basically a financially focused show? Bear with me. You're going to see what ha- this has to do with our Our money and our economy and how this affects our lives it affects it far more than most people realize secondly I'm going to say this I'm not going to get into whether you're for or against abortion that's not important here because that's not the point of this decision and and this is important because the problem you know if you've listened to the show for quite some time you know that I try to cut through the noise and this, is, this particular topic is extraordinarily difficult to cut through the noise because there's so much emotion involved on both sides of the aisle. But here's what I want to understand. I don't care where your stand is regarding abortion, whether you're for it, against it, or somewhere in the middle. The key is the decision does not make abortion illegal in the United States. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, what it does do is it reverts it back to the states to decide. And obviously, some states are going to allow abortion to uh, to be legal, and others will not, based on what the majority of voters in that state want. Guess what, folks? That is called democracy. That is actually constitutional. What I am excited about is the Supreme Court finally, 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 finally it looks like I hope this happens. Is finally following the constitution, which is the job of the courts, the court particularly the Supreme Court, its job is supposed to be to interpret the constitution and determine whether laws are constitutional or not. Their job is not to make laws, that's the legislative branch. And even Ruth Gator Ginsburg, who is very famous, a uh, supporter of women's rights stated that Roe was a Roe v. Wade was extraordinarily bad law. It was it was uh, it was an extraordinarily bad decision. It really wasn't a law. It was a Supreme Court decision. A law is done is written by Congress, right? So, in other words, the Supreme Court became lawmakers. They created a set of rules. They should never have done that. What they should have done is ruled on whether that case was constitutional or not. Basically, a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That's their job. And if this decision that was leaked turns out to be the final decision, that is exactly, folks, that is exactly what the Supreme Court has done. The fight in terms of whether abortion is legal or not, of course, will then revert to the states. But that's what's supposed to happen. And that's part of the problems of our country right now, is the federalization of it. And I've talked about this so many times where we have an overinflated, overbloated bureaucracy. We have a federal government that's doing far, far more than it was ever intended to do by the founding fathers or the Constitution. Now, whether you like it or not, the Constitution is still the supreme law of this land. I understand there are people out there for decades, literally, that have been fighting to change that. But it's still the law of the land. It's the supreme law of the land. And what the Constitution says, and it states very specific rights, for example, it's not a hard read. In fact, if you have not read the Constitution recently, I have it right in front of me right now, it doesn't take long to read. It's probably 10 or 15 minutes total. And it's eye-opening for a lot of people when they actually do read it, because it lists what the... The executive branch, the president is supposed to do. They're supposed to enact the laws. Um, the the uh, judicial branch is supposed to interpret the laws. You know, are they constitutional or not? And the legislative branch is supposed to make the laws. And by the way, the laws that cons- the legislative branch is supposed to make is actually Section 9 of the Constitution, where it lists very specific things that... Oh, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong section. I apologize. It's Section Eight, so those so you don't get somebody doesn't contact me and say, "Hey, you're wrong. I was on the wrong page. My God, Section Eight of the Constitution says Congress shall have the power to do various things, and it lists things like taxes, borrow money, regulate commerce, coin money, provide for uh, uh, post offices, uh, you know, military, support of military, and all those types of very specific things." Okay. It's a fairly short list, folks. It's not supposed to do a whole bunch of things. And then if you go to the Bill of Rights, Amendment number 10, very simple amendment, the very powerful amendment which is part of the original constitution. It states, and I quote, "The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. Now, folks, why am I saying this? Why? What this is stating, what our constitution has stated, and hopefully the Supreme Court decision will reiterate, is it's not the federal, federal uh, government's job to decide Roe v. Wade, it's the states. And why that's so important, it's called states' rights, folks, and I'm very much a states' rights activist, okay? Irregardless of what I feel about abortion personally, those of you that know me, I have a personal opinion about it. But this is not important for this discussion right now. What's important to understand and to keep clear headed about is abortion is not, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortion will not be illegal in the United States. It might be illegal in some states, but not all the states. And folks, from a constitutional standpoint and what our founders envisioned for this country, that's okay. In fact, that's the way it's supposed to be. See, the problem we've been having for the the longest time, decades and decades, which has created this over, our over-controlling, over-bloated federal government, is we have too many times California, for example, trying to make Texas be more like California. Another is trying to impose rules on to everyone in the country, and Roe v. Wade was one of those. In other words, there were seven justices, seven people in black robes, that basically said abortion is legal in throughout the country. That is top-down dictatorship dictating the rules to the country. That is not the intention of our Constitution or our we're representative republic. That's not our form of government. Now, I understand there's some people out there, like I said earlier, that want to change that, But that's not our form of government. It's 50 states, folks. And so if abortion is legal in some states and not in others, you know what? From a constitutional standpoint, that's okay. And if you want to change that, then those battles can be fought in each of the 50 states. See, people that are are, uh, dictatorial, those that want to dominate and control others, want a strong federal government because it's easier. It's easier to dominate and control with one centralized, you know, entity. One and that's why big business, big government, people who want control prefer that. That's why dictatorships and monarchies throughout history have been that way where you have one entity, one person, whatever in control. It's easier. Look, folks, democracy, freedom is messy. But it creates a lot of freedoms for people, and it's been proved—it's proven over and over again—to be the best form of government for innovation, for a light, uh, for a standard of living, and everything else. My point is, what I'm excited about is the Supreme Court might actually be following the Constitution for once, and folks, that hasn't happened very often in a long, long time. And my hope is. That This is just the beginning of of a swing of moving away from centralized, overarching, overpowering government bureaucracy, federal government bureaucracy, and it being more diluted and dissolved into the different states. I mean, go back to your history for a minute. If we go back to the days of the founding fathers, when they created the Constitution, they had 13 colonies, right? And those 13 colonies were very different from each other. The North, for the most part at that time, was far more industrialized, far more focused on merchant trading and things like that, and the South was far more agricultural. The North had very few slaves. The South had lots of slaves. There was These were very, very significantly different cultures, ideas, and I'm not saying slavery was right or not. We fought a war over that, a civil war, to get rid of that because that was a not a good thing. But my point is, the only way to bring those very disorganized and and free-thinking groups of people who had very different views and ideas about things together into what became the United States of America, but the key is they were separate states, who decided to unite for the common good, common protection, because they were being dominated by a dictator, a king okay and they wanted to give the free, this democracy and freedom to the people and the fact that these states and the people in these states were very different in their thinking their thought processes and all that was perfectly fine and that's the type of thing if we truly want people keep saying they want to this uh want to come together as a country and stop fighting and being so divisive well here's the the Founding Fathers envisioned this. They were brilliant people. The solution is simple. Allow people their freedoms. Allow people to be who they are. In other words, allow Texas to be Texas. And let California be California. And everyone in between. And if you don't like California or Texas, then go to the other one. You have that right. You have that option. But don't shove it down Somebody's throat when they vehemently disagree with your views. If you allow everybody to be themselves, that's my independent streak coming out. You'll have peace, you'll have agreement, and we'll be able to work together as a country. I'm going to talk about some more of these things going forward, but I'm going to encourage you if you want to contact me in terms of uh, how to create your personal bank to. uh, you know, maximize your returns, reduce your taxes, get positive arbitrage and leverage those to get double digit returns even today with safety, with guarantees, particularly in this economy, contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com.
1: For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ferentz at yourpersonalbank.com. back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Tooth.
2: Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, as we were discussing earlier, I'm discussing the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned by the Supreme Court. And, of course, there's been a lot of motion and a lot of angst about it from both sides of the aisle, no matter where you stand or if you're in the middle. The point I'm trying to make here is to think about this clearly is you have to, this is not about abortion. No matter how you feel about it, or where you stand, it's really about states' rights, as I was stating in the first segment. For once, I I think one of the first times I've seen in my lifetime, the Supreme Court of the United States saying, look, this is actually reading the Constitution, that's the amazing part, saying, look, The Constitution states that the federal government has certain rights and powers, things that it can do. And those are mostly, those are listed in the Constitution, things like having a military and, you know, regulating commerce and things like that. Those are the true powers the federal government has. And then it says in the amendment, see, this is the one they've trampled over for decades Amendment 10 in the Bill of Rights states the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution are reserved to the states or the people. In other words, the Supreme Court read the Constitution and interpreted it correctly, which is amazing. And they said instead of us deciding and making the rules, we don't have that power. It's not it's not given to us by the Constitution, which is the supreme law of the land whether you like it or not, and I know again, I've said this before there's people that want to change that, but currently it is still the supreme law of the land, and the Supreme Court actually read it and followed it and it said, look this is a, this is this is this is reserved for the states. the states need to decide this, and that what that does that actually cre- that's actually democracy folks that actually creates the ability for the uh, uh, us the people to vote in each state whether abortion should be legal or not or what restrictions should be placed on it. And from a constitutional standpoint, I'm excited because I believe, I'm hopeful I should say, that this is the beginning of a trend of where the federal government finally, finally, I mean, it's far too big, far too bloated. It's ridiculous. It does far too much stuff. More, it Nobody tramples the Constitution more than our federal government. And finally, the Supreme Court, I'm hopeful, and this this is a big step if they take it, starts to pull back the powers of the federal government and says, look, you federal government don't have any right to do this. This is a state power. That alone, right there, folks, will give us more freedoms and give us back the freedoms that the Founding Fathers gave us originally and have been slowly eroded and taken away from us, frankly, over the last century. This process has gone on in terms of eroding our freedoms, and in the, the federal government getting stronger and stronger and more powerful and more dominating and more overpowering for about a century. To see that pendulum start to shift back in my lifetime. lifetime would be truly amazing. And that's where my hope lies in terms of this. Okay. And of course, the hard part of all this, because it happens to deal with abortion, you have a lot of people out there making all kinds of noise and making statements that are frankly just uninformed or they have an agenda. I'm just going to say this about. I've already made my statement about the the decision about Roe v. Wade. If it isn't overturned, it's a state's rights issue. That's the right decision. The Supreme Court should make many, many more of those decisions. And if they do, our country will start heading in the right direction. We'll have more freedoms. And folks, economic freedom is part of it. We'll see economic prosperity in the future unlike we've ever seen in our lifetimes. If the federal government just gets out of our way. You ask any entrepreneur that. They'll answer the same way. Just get them out of my way. Let me do what I do best, and you'll see an economic boom unlike anything you've ever seen. That's why it's so important. Freedom is important, including economic freedom. That is part of our freedoms as citizens of this this country. But for people like Dave Portnoy, who says it's ridiculous that you know, getting rid of Roe v Wade, he's going to vote for Democrats because he thinks it's all about abortion. I don't think he's ever he's read it or understands it. He's ill ill informed or he's got an agenda. It's about states' rights nobody's abortion isn't going to be illegal in the United States. It's going to be decided by the states, and we all know some states will allow it and others won't. simple as that. And some of the other things that are stated are just even more ridiculous than that, even from our current even from Biden, okay. Just because they have an agenda, you got to cut through the noise, folks. you got to cut through the noise and realize they have an agenda and realize they are lose the key is here if these kind of decisions continue could, what Biden was saying what what's going to happen next? I hope this is just the beginning of an avalanche of Supreme Court decisions where they state, "Look, the federal government has no right to be involved with this. this is a state's issue, and that would start to erode the power of the bureaucracy of the federal uh, of the federal government. See, it's about power, folks. I always say if you want to understand something, follow the money, right? Or power, power and money go together. This is the type of thing that could erode the power and money of the people who want to who are running the show, so to speak, running the federal government. Big business, all of those things. I mean, think of it, if you're a um if you're a uh, you want to influence an elected official, okay? You're a business and and you you know you you want to help whatever create a law or stop a law or whatever is it easier to lobby one legislator or a handful of federal legislators or a group or fifty legislators in fifty states? See how the powers diffuse so much farther and so much harder to control and do you think you know for for example right now, do you think a big business corporation who wanted something that went against? Ron DeSantis's uh, uh, positions in Florida right now. Do you think he'd go along with it? No. You see what I'm trying to say. It's so much easier to lobby one or just a handful of people who control the purse strings, so to speak, across the entire country versus 50 different ones across 50 states. It's that diffusion of power that's the key here. That's what's at stake. It's not abortion. It's about power and the concentration of power versus diffusing that power. And that's what states' rights are all about, okay? And again, by diffusing the power, we gain more freedoms, we gain more power, they lose power, we would see an economic boom again, unlike you've seen in your lifetime. That's that's what's at stake, that's the power of this, and that's why I'm so excited about this whole thing And I'll just leave it at this. In terms of from a personal standpoint, when it comes to abortion, I just, you know, I have one simple question. I mean, I, you know, my body, my choice. I'm fully in agreement with that. I've stated that many times. If I don't want to put a vaccine needle in my arm, my body, my choice. Government has no, should have no role in that. Well, I agree with the same thing, except abortion is a special case because there's two people involved. That's what makes it so challenging. It's not just the woman, it's the unborn child's life is involved. And that's what makes it so thorny of an issue and so sticky. And that's the question I don't see people, answer. it's a hard thing to answer. I'm not going to change your mind here, but I just want you to think about that a minute. Contact me at uh, toll free 866 268 4422 or yourpersonalbank.com on how to take control of your money. Ma- maximize your returns, leverage them, get double-digit returns, tax-free, with safety, even in these crazy economic times. Stay tuned.
1: For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the
2: Your Personal Bank Show. Well, we... I think we've talked enough about uh, potentially Roe v. Wade being overturned and how that's really a state's rights issue, and which would give us all more more freedoms, more democracy, it would allow us, the voters, to decide in each state versus a handful of justices. And I'm always in the favor of more freedom, more democracy. That's what our country stands for. But there's some other issues that I think are important. And again, talking about being divisive and things like this, you know, Biden ran on, you know, and a lot of—I know this is old news, but, you know, he ran on the idea that he was going to bring the country together. People were tired of fighting and arguing and all that. I stated in the first segment, if you missed it, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to it or this or any of the previous recorded shows. I say the solution is simple. Our, it's in our Constitution. In other words, allow the states to be—let be do be, let them do their thing. Let Texas be Texas and California be California. That follows our constitution. Now, our states' rights are the key, and let the local states decide well, how, what, how, what kind of society do they want to live have, and stop forcing ideas and, and making rules and laws down the shove down the throats. One half gains, or at least temporarily gains, a little bit of power over the other half, and shove their ideas down their throats, and vice versa. That just causes more division. Allow people to be themselves. Allow each state to be themselves. And abortion is a perfect example of a very divisive issue of where one state could allow it, another could not, a third could be somewhere in the middle. And guess what, folks? You can decide which one to live in. Nothing is stopping you from moving from one to the other. And you say, well, my job's here, my job's there. Well, if it's important enough to you, you'll make it work, won't you? That's what I would say. But you get things, comments like this where Biden... Was supposed to be, he ran on the idea of working together or whatever. And then he says stuff like the MAGA crowd is the most extreme political organization that's existed in recent American history. You you want to talk about a divisive statement. And I mean, the reality is, I could say the same thing about the current Biden administration. It is the most extreme political organization that's existed in recent American history. They've moved far more to the left. Than anything I've ever seen in my lifetime, and Elon Musk, even not too long ago, did a you know he tweeted a uh, an example of where he was center left, and but the Democratic Party has moved so far radically to the left so quickly, he's now actually center right. Uh, Ronald Reagan was famous for saying that and he said you know I didn't leave the Democratic Party, it left me, and I've heard the you know, other things that uh, Biden was saying is. Uh, the current um, the current Republican Party is not your father's your dad's political uh, Republican Party. Well, you could say that same thing about the Democratic Party. In other words, really, it's it's the the uh, each of the parties have become more extreme in response to each other. Uh, whose fault is that? Who started that? Well, I guess I don't know. You could argue that either way. But the reality is, for one side to point fingers to the other is not nothing more than divisive. And it does nothing but just make things worse instead of better. My hope is in this next election, people punish those kinds of statements, those kinds of ideas, and start allowing people, like the Supreme Court, hopefully will do, is to start allowing states and different groups of people to be themselves. I mean, let me use a quick example. You know, if if uh, Louisiana, for example, was being threatened by a hurricane. Would it make sense to have a curfew that would shut every shut down the entire country, including Alaska and Hawaii, because there was a hurricane occurring in Louisiana? No, that's ridiculous. But that's my point when I'm trying to say when a federal government, a federal approach many times heavy-handed, you know, we're going to make this rule and it's going to apply to everybody. And it makes no sense to people on the other entire other side of the country, for example, who have you know, don't have any dealings with this at all, or have diametrically opposing views, for example. I mean, there's no question that the middle of the country is more conservative than the East or West Coast. I don't think anyone can argue that. And, you know, I don't don't really care how Californians live if they want to live the way they do. And I used to joke all the time, uh, when I did workshops in California, my first statement was, you know, like, I come here and I, I just really have a hard time understanding you all. You must love taxes because you keep voting for them. And I would get a laugh about it and stuff like that. But my point is, it's that kind of thing. If they want to tax themselves the highest tax rates in the country and raise taxes on gas, even when ta- gas prices are the highest they've ever been, well, let them do it. I mean, I don't care. I don't live there. And that's the beauty of the freedom we have in this country. And if I did live there, guess what? I'd be looking to leave and go somewhere else, as many Californians have been doing recently. You have that option. You have that freedom. Now, I'm going to talk about more about this in the next segment, so don't miss it. But if you want more information on how to take control of your money guarantee, with guarantees, tax-free, create positive arbitrage, get double-digit returns by leveraging safely other people's money, bagged monies, contact me. 03866 268 4422 or yourpersonalbank.com.
1: For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Tove. Welcome back to
2: the Your Personal Bank Show. One thing I want to bring up, um, and you know, I talk, I discussed a very touchy subject. Roe v. Wade, or the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade, in the previous segments, I I want to say this. I, I want to thank many of the listeners who have actually reached out to me over the past several years, um, and just encouraged me to continue to to share my thoughts and ideas and share my mind, and you know, sort of the unvarnished. Uh, I, I look at it as the uh, I don't I don't pull any punches. I share with how I feel. You know where I stand. I get some people. Many people agree with me. I hear that a lot. Some don't. I I hear that sometimes, too. That's okay. (laughs) You have that right. Thankfully, in this country still, I served in the military. Part of the reason was to support that freedom of thought that we each could have. And I heard somebody a while back say something where they said, I have the right to remain silent. I just don't have the ability. I guess I'm one of those people. I've been called the town crier, even. But again what I really want to say is thank you for the encouragement to keep you know because there's been times where I sometimes thought should I really share what I feel or think about this because I know it's a touchy subject and try you can imagine trying to how do you approach something like you know Roe v Wade and abortion because there's such strong emotions and feelings on both sides of that issue it it's hard to hold a middle ground so to speak and and, and remain Thoughtful and logical, particularly, not, not get emotional about it. You know what I mean? Even though there's so much emotion involved. So, again, I just want to say thank you for the, the wonderful messages and encouragement over the years. Um, it just gives me the, the, the encouragement to keep doing what I do, right? But a uh, couple other things I want to touch on today before we run out of time. Um, there's been news, of course, a lot about forgiving the student loans. Uh, I discussed this, I know, in a previous show. Uh, recently, but this was interesting. I saw there was a Federal Reserve study. It's called the Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances, and they confirmed that upper-income households account for a large amount of the student loan debt. In fact, as the Federal Reserve states, the highest income, 40% of households, uh, those are people with $74,000 of income and higher, owe about 60% of the outstanding education debt and make up almost three-quarters of the payments. The lowest 40% only account for 20% of the debt. So in other words, if the Biden administration indeed does forgive some or whatever, any student loan debt, who's it going to benefit mostly? Unless they put income limits on it or something like that, the reality is it's going to it's going to benefit those with the highest incomes the most now that why is that so important again it goes back to basic economics and fairness you get this they they try to talk about you know well it's fair it's unfair for these people and those people and that all sounds great and i've shared this i've shared this story it's been a long time since i've shared this but Let's say, for example, you had some grade school kids and the, 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 the teacher gave them a, a, a project over the summer. So when they came back in the next school year, you know, they were going to uh, they had, the project was they had to go out and make some money so they could afford to buy flour and sugar and various baking goods and make something and then bring it in for the, to the class, you know, to share with everybody. OK. And let's say that was the assignment. So some, let's say half the kids went out there and they got summer jobs. They threw newspapers, mowed lawns, whatever, to make the money to, to then buy the, the ingredients and then make these uh, cook whatever, their cookies or whatever they made. And then they brought them in the first day of school. Half of them did all that stuff. And the other half, they decided, eh, goofed off all summer, had fun, played, played video games, didn't do anything. So they didn't bring anything in. Remember, half of them worked hard to make the money to make these cookies, they bring them in, the other half did nothing. And then the teacher says, well, you, you know, it's not fair that you have two cookies. Give one of them to your, your neighbor who didn't do anything. How fair is that? And see, my point is, fairness sounds great on the surface. Oh, well, it's just fair that all the kids have a cookie. Yeah, it does. It sounds great. But the reality is, if those kids worked hard for those to for those cookies how is it fair they have do you think the kids that worked hard and did all that would feel good about giving their cookies to the other kids that didn't have one some of them might have been generous and wanted to do that that's fine if it's their choice that's perfectly okay but for a teacher to dictate that they have to do that now there's a government agency dictating they have to give this to someone else how does that make them feel the ones that worked hard in other words. How's that any different to somebody who went to work, went to school, let's say, like I did? I would do, actually I was in the military first, then I went to college. I got money from the military for college. That was one of the benefits of being in the military. So I served for several reasons. That was one of them. But I served. I invested 3 years in the army, the US army, so that I could have partially so that I could have money for college. Okay? I also, while in college, worked some jobs, and I was fortunate that I was able to graduate without any student loan debt because I worked hard to make the money to pay for it along the way, right? And then somebody else goes to school, doesn't do anything, racks up student loan debts and all that stuff, and then you know what? The government's going to come in and bail them out. Or how fair is that? Personally, I don't think it's very fair at all and i think a lot of people feel that way you can carry that on to we have some people in this country who um let's just put it this way take advantage of the situation and they and they they basically you know live off the government dole right well guess what that money doesn't come from the government i've shared this so many times this has been the number one comment i get from listeners the government has no money the only ability they have to give someone money is they either have to take it from someone else through taxation, or print it. Print more dollars, which creates in more inflation, which means everything costs more for everybody to give it to them. How fair is that? For you know, I understand people have disabilities or unable to take care of themselves. That's one thing. I don't have any pro. I don't have a problem with that if somebody has a legitimate situation. And like you know, we have our. You know, our, our veterans should be taken care of. They serve their country, to protect our freedoms. Okay, and if they need some help, medical, whatever, that they should get those things. But when somebody's just taking advantage of the system and basically writing somebody, you know, the dole on somebody, that's just there's not nothing fair about that, one way, one shape or iota. And the student loan, forgiving this whole student loan debt thing, falls into that category. That's how I feel about it. So we'll see what happens. The other part of the last part of it is reason why it's many of the Democrats, particularly more of the progressive Democrats, remember, they're regressives, um, want this so badly is really they promised it to their voters and they know their voters will punish them if they don't. And it's a way to buy more votes. It's really nothing more than bribery. I mean, what are they going to do next? Right. Oh, we're going to pay off, pay down your student loans. Oh, you're going to give us money to live on? Yes. You ever talk guaranteed basic income? You ever heard of that term? Basically buying people off to get them to vote for you. How is that legal? How is that fair? You see what I'm trying to say? But there's also some good good news on the horizon. Recently, a Florida judge stated that the Biden border policies are merely a speed bump for migrants as catch and release lawsuit advances. So notice the Florida AG is suing the Biden administration over... The lack of immigration policy, and they it's moved on to the next level, but it's looking very, very good, is the point. And so hopefully, soon, sooner than later, something will be done about this to force legally the administration to actually do something amazing that we talked about in the first segment, and that is follow the Constitution. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And one of the things that our federal government is supposed to be responsible for is protecting our borders, you know, from foreign invasions, which is exactly what we have going on right now. So there's some good news on the horizon. There's a lot of people have woken up. Like I said, I've had to be less adamant. I'm less so I'm so encouraged because really. All this stuff that's gone on over the last couple of years has really done nothing but to wake up the American people, wake up the sleeping giant and help them realize that if they don't stand up for their rights, they're going to be lost forever. And I've been nothing but encouraged each week, each month as we progress and go far forward, more and more people are saying, no, this is not what I want. This is not the type of country I want. This is not the society that I want to live in. This is not the kind of government that I want representing me. In fact, the person representing me right now, I'm I'm embarrassed by, and I can say that for myself. These are the kind, and, and we don't like the way things are going. And the inflation is hurting people, and it's continuing to do so. And even the Federal Reserve recently raising rates a half a point stated the same thing that. Supply chain issues and inflation are not going to go any, away anytime soon, okay? Because these problems were caused, as I've stated in previous previous segments, or I should say previous shows, caused by primarily reducing energy and causing ever, the price of everything to go up because just about everything we purchase Um, requires either energy to make it or energy to transport it. And I'm talking about gas and oil predominantly, okay? Those are the true costs, those are the causes, I should say, of inflation, which is caused directly by this administration and their policies starting day one when they shut down the Keystone Pipeline. That was like the shot, that was the first shot over the bow. And then not allowing federal drilling on, on federal lands for over a year and on and on and on. And so they've caused this. The American people recognize that more and more and are not happy the way things are going. What I'm encouraged by, as I stated earlier, is I still have faith in the American people. They're not foolish. They don't want this. They We have a history of freedom. We have a history of self-reliance. Folks, no one's going to take care of you. It's up to you to make it happen. Yes, you can get a help occasionally and there is a safety net if needed, but it's really if it's if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? That's the attitude you need to have in life going forward to be successful. If you're going to just rely on others, you're 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 going to have a very sad and disappointing existence. I'm going to just tell you that because people are going to disappoint you and the government's going to disappoint you, and you're going to live on the crumbs of what they give you. Again, why in the world would a politician who you've never met, who you'll probably never meet in your lifetime, and knows nothing about you, why would they give one whit about you in your life? I know they make a lot of promises, but here's the reality. Politicians want two things. They want to get elected, and they want to be reelected. So most of them will say and do what they need to do, say and do, to get those two things accomplished, to get elected and reelected. And that's what you need to understand. You need to have a healthy skepticism and believe and trust politicians as much as you would a sleazy used car salesman. Because what does that person want? They want to sell you a car and get a commission. Politicians want your vote. And I'm sorry, that may sound harsh, but folks, that's the facts of life. Find the politician or the person you think that would do the best to represent you, support them, encourage them, get involved to allow you to have the most freedoms. Last thing I'm going to say, if you want to gain control of your money, your financial situation, get leverage on your money. Get double-digit returns on average annually, tax-free, with safety, with guarantees, no downside market risk. You have not seen anything like this, folks, I'm telling you. This will change your financial trajectory. Call me at toll-free, 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's toll-free, 866-268-4422.
1: For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ferentz at yourpersonalbank.com. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and writers may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for
0: current rates.